Hey there. We're Megan, Lauren, and Lindsay. We're three teacher advocates who've been where you are and know what you're going through. We believe that teachers are as important to the education system as the curriculum, and our goal is to support you as a teacher and a person. This is everything your teacher prep didn't prepare you for. Welcome to Real Teaching 101. Hello and good morning, good afternoon, good evening, all of the things that you do to welcome people. Hello, I am Lauren, and I'm joined, as always, with my educator friends, Megan and Lindsay. Good morning. Good morning. How's good day. Going? Oh, sorry, Megan. <laughs> good, good morning. Good day. <laughs> We're a hot mess this morning, everybody. But we are going to make it work because that's what teachers do. So let's start off thinking about something joyous and delightful. I'm sure uh, for you two and our listeners that summer vacation is on the horizon. So let's start off by talking about what summer vacation was like when you were a kid. What did you do? What was it like? What was that last day of school feeling? All of the things summer. Ready and go. Oh my gosh. I have so many great summer memories. I remember feeling on the last day of school, it was so much fun because you didn't have to do anything that it's like, man, I kind of don't want to leave now. Like, why couldn't every day be fun like this? But I was lucky because my mom was a teacher. And so her time off was the same, obviously, as all of us. So I never had to kind of go to like a babysitter or a camp or something like that over the summertime. And we have a neighborhood pool at the end of our street. So we would every single day get up, go to the pool, swim, come home, have popsicles. The ice cream man came by. Our street had like a whole bunch of kids. So I just have nothing but like good memories of summertime and, you know, them like flicking the lights to say that it was time for us to come back inside. And then we went every year to the Jersey Shore for a vacation. Lindsay, what about you? Well, as a kid, I went to a really small like K through eight school. So there like the entire school was 200 kids. So the last day of school, we would have this like massive water fight and we had water balloons and we were allowed to bring squirt guns from home. And it was just really, really fun. So it's kind of on the same tone as yours. Like you didn't want school to end because now it's finally fun. Like I want to do this more. But I um, had a really, I was the oldest. So when we were younger, it was always really fun. And we would take camping trips and we had a pool in our backyard. So we would swim all summer. And those things were just great. And then you get older. And because I was the oldest, then I had to babysit. So that was my first summer job. I did do the corporate jobs for years. So I have worked year long. And let me tell you, the teacher schedule for that reason is great. I don't know that if I ever leave teaching, how I will go back to having to work all year long. Um, I think this should just be a work like no nobody should work in the summer. Like we all should just get time off. So I feel about the last two weeks of the year too, but that's a different soapbox. Well, much like you too, my experience is very similar. We had to like pack our books away like two weeks or a week and a half before the end of the year. So I remember using an eraser and erasing marks that were in my book. And then one year we got to bring in our video game system. So this will date me is one of the boys brought in like his Super Nintendo and hooked it up to one of the TVs in the classroom. And we spent like the last week playing video games. And my teacher like was grading. It was awesome and amazing. Now that I think back on it, it was totally one of those like the kids are occupied. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Nobody's dying. Who cares? I got to grade this. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? So now I want to ask you as a teacher, what is summer vacation like for you? I feel like there's still some of those same feelings just of excitement. But from a different point of view now, it's just almost like rest. 
like during the school year, I feel like you run, everything is like constant, constant, constant. And there's something about summer vacation where it's like, okay, I can stop and breathe. And then it's all of the things that I have wanted to do all year long that either I can't do because I'm a teacher or I just don't have time to. Like I always have the biggest pile of books to read over the summertime, you know, that that aren't about teaching a child how to read or a new math concept or something like that. So that's one of the things I look forward to the most. It's like, I can go to the bathroom whenever I want. I can read these books whenever I want. And I don't know. And I, I kind of just to feel like a real person. And I don't mean that to sound bad, but just I kind of feel like I become more myself again over the summertime because you actually have time to do hobbies. And then I do usually start to feel excited about the new school year. Like I will spend time on Instagram or Pinterest. That's got to be a good sign that I do still have that excitement. At least that's what I'm telling myself. It's similar for me. It's really a period to kind of just rejuvenate yourself. Uh, we get so burnt out and it's the last you know few weeks of school year is such a hard push, not only for us, but for the kids, like everybody's hitting this wall. And so by the time it does roll around, like you're tired. For me, the last two summers have been, um, well, not last summer because of COVID, but the <laughs> summer previously, I was in a, right after the school year ended, I did a six week teacher, like um, continuing education thing. And then I had a cruise. And so by the time all of that was done, my summer was over. And, you know, people talk about, oh, well, teachers get two months off in the summer, but it's really not. Lauren and I were having this discussion the other day that by the time we get done with the school year and we have to come back for professional development in the fall, it's only about six weeks. And so that time really flies. And for me this year, and I did it last year, I will shut my computer the last day of school and not open it for a good month just because I can't devote any more time to it right this second. And I won't be fully involved and really, you know, excited about things for the fall. After I've had that break time and I can sit down and, you know, now truly be excited for my students in the fall and look for new resources and comb through Teachers Pay Teachers and find all those good goodies that, you know, we can use in the fall. That last two weeks of summer is really when I do that and start stockpiling that stuff and really try to build out my units for the year. Just because before that, I don't have the capacity to sit and plan. This summer will be all about home improvement projects. So that's fun. Mm -hmm. Just more work, but that's okay. (laughs) Well, thank you all for sharing. This will end our first segment. We're going to go to a break and then come back and talk about why we have a summer vacation to begin with. Sit tight and stay tuned. Class, class. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, look at how good you guys are. I wanted to do a clap, but I completely forgot how the clap went. So maybe one of our listeners can tell us their little inventive clappy claps to get your attention. Um, We're on to the little eyes on me section, and it's my turn today to tell you a little bit about summer vacation. So I went on the Google and I researched summer vacation. So I learned why we have it from this Seton Hall University article called The History of School and Summer Vacation. And it was originally started so that kids could work on farms. And I felt so proud of myself because I learned a new word. Oh God, now I can't even say it. It was called agrarian and it means like agriculturally related. So kids had to work on farms in the summer when crops were coming and they couldn't be in school. So that was originally why summer vacation started. And then as the times modernized, summer vacation was a way to standardize the school year in varying parts of the country so that kids could get out of hot buildings with poor ventilation to help with mental health and fatigue for teachers and students. But now as things got modernized even more and like with air conditioning and things like that, there's been this push to change school 
calendar to a more year-round style, especially because of that good old learning loss that happens over summer. And this might explain why summer vacations have gotten shorter over the years, because I don't know if you remember this, but it was like a good three months when I was growing up, end of June until after Labor Day. Mm -hmm. And now it's like mid-June to early to mid-August. You know what I think would almost be a better solution than having us go year-round? Other countries do it where they have like trimesters, right? So they go to school for three months and then they take like a three week break or, you know, they have like this extended period break. Then they go back for another two, three months. And then the kids, you know, get that extended break every so often, which I almost think would be more beneficial and less learning loss as I air quote that, because whatever that means would happen in that time, because it's only three weeks. Can I tell you something funny? My sister actually taught. She was also teaching first grade in North Carolina at a year-round school, and she ended up having more time off than me, who taught the traditional teaching schedule. They did nine weeks on, three weeks off. And it's funny because a lot of parents would um, come in, and that would be one thing they'd bring up at PTO meetings, like, what if we did year-long? And Because they'd complain about childcare over the summer. And I, I do get that. That is difficult. Why it worked where my sister was teaching is because they had like a community center there on the same campus. So when it was those three weeks off, those kids who needed to still took the exact same bus, came to the exact same campus and went to the learning community center. So I think unless they could offer something like that to parents, then the the year round turns out to be more time out of school than just right now. It's just all grouped together at that summertime. So I did more on the Google. And we know one of my favorite things is when you're using a Google search and things pop up as you use the autofill. So I typed in teacher summer and then let it fill in the rest. Would you like to hear the list? Oh, gosh, yes. I have a feeling it's going to be depressing. Probably. All right. So <laughs> first thing was teacher summer savings account, which we're going to talk about next week. But mm -hmm. I thought that that was interesting that that was number one on the list, mm -hmm. followed by teacher summer jobs, which is a whole nother topic that we haven't talked mm -hmm. about, which is teacher summer jobs. But I think we will. Then we have teacher summer professional development. And then ninth on the list, the very last thing was teacher summer vacation. And I thought that that was super interesting that the very last thing comes behind the issues involving money and jobs and then working more. And then it's like at the end, oh, then you get a vacation, which how teacher is that? Well, it's because we don't have money to take a vacation because we're all working summer jobs. <laughs> There's not money or time. The stress about not getting paid over the summer used to like wake me up at night. I'm not even exaggerating. Like starting in like March and April, I would start to wake up in the middle of the night just panicking. And that was me trying to save all year. And Lauren and I worked at the same school. We always did summer jobs. Always. Always taught in the summer, did camps in the summer. I don't think there was one summer that you or I did not do that. Well, there was one summer I didn't do it. And that's because I didn't know that it was coming. And then that was a delightful mm -hmm. shock when money stopped coming into my bank account. But here's another thing that I found interesting, kind of going off on this idea of working. So there's a website called teach.com. And I don't want to throw teach.com under the bus because I did not investigate them a ton. But here were their suggestions for summer vacation. So I'm assuming it's an, a website for teachers, by teachers, or two teachers. So here's how they recommend spending your six to whatever weeks after <laughs> you've worked for so long. Continue your education. No. Teach abroad. No. Gross. Plan for next year. No. Or find ways to get involved in your current school. Oh, Nowhere on no. this list 
Does it say something like take time for yourself or disconnect from your computer or do anything like that? It's all things that serve someone else Mm -hmm. or prepare you for the next year. And I feel like this is another one of those teacher things where it's like, why am I continuing to do things for other people on my vacation when I don't get paid or I have to plan to get ahead for next year? There's nothing about taking time to be a human and do your laundry or do a hobby or read a book. But I honestly think it's because of things like this, right? When you Google, this is what comes up. So new teachers who don't have a teacher veteran to talk to, are going to think, oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing over the summer. I'm supposed to be reading professional development books. I'm supposed to be planning for the fall. Like this is what that time period is for when it's not. And, you know, talking with each other, we've all realized that, you know, if you can't be a whole human when you come back in the fall, it's going to be a mess. So we have to take a break. But if you don't think about that, you just work and work and work because there's that's the life of a teacher, right? There's always more that can be done. Your job is really never done, which is part of the reason the job can be exhausting at times. And it's fulfilling and there's all these you know, great benefits to being a teacher, but it's a lot of work. Right. And I was thinking about our bit at the beginning and all of the things that you guys said that you did over summer vacation as a teacher. And Lindsay, you talked about how you had to do a teacher boot camp, which is to continue your education. You also talked about being on Teachers Pay Teachers, you know, granted the last two weeks of your summer vacation, but that's still planning for next year on time you don't get paid for. Mm-hmm. And Megan, you were talking about how you had to like have a side hustle during your summer. There's not a summer you didn't teach and that's not teaching abroad, but that's still teaching and that's still working. And I think it speaks to the idea of how continually overworked and continually feeling like you have to catch up when you're never ahead. Or I always like to say like, I'm two weeks behind on something that hasn't even happened yet. Like that's how it sometimes feels over summer that if you don't work, you're ending up feeling like you're starting the fall. People have their classrooms decorated, they've got their curriculum plans done. And you were like, I was just sitting on the couch watching TV. Like, why am I being punished for having a vacation and actually taking it or feel not actually being punished, but like feeling like everybody else gets these gold stars on the first day of school. And you're like, oh, I just kind of hung out and relaxed. Because teacher shame is real. It's like mom shaming, but for teachers. Exactly. And I want to go back to the one thing on the list that you said about um, getting more involved at your current school. Um, Whoever wrote that needs to talk to me. We need to have a chat because absolutely not. Quite literally during the school year, I give like my blood, sweat and tears again, not exaggerating all things that have truly happened to my current school. And that's I was going to say that's fine. It's truly not fine because I'm sure on another episode we'll get into like work-life balance and how that's not a thing that we have. But I hate the idea that people have put it out there that if you're not, it comes back to that like hustle culture, right? Like if you're not constantly hustling and you're not constantly working, like then you're doing something wrong. Like when did just resting or like taking a break become something to look down on? Like exactly what you're explaining, Lauren, like, so you spent time on the couch and maybe you were binging TV. That's great. Then you come back and I know that feeling that you're talking about. And I really like decorating my classroom in the summer. There's something so fun for me about being in the classroom when there's nobody else there. Like, I don't just be children. I mean, no one. But I always feel that way at the beginning of the school year when people are like, oh, I've already planned for the first three months or, oh, I've already done this. And I'm like, okay, well, I've got all of their twistables put out. Like, I I don't know. There's just so much pressure like that. And I, I just hate that that's even posted somewhere on the internet for anyone to read. And like, I know we mentioned new teachers, but I also think about like, maybe from a parent standpoint, like if parents are reading that, then it's like, 
oh, well, then it's okay that I continuously email this teacher all summer long because they're still working. And it's okay that I, you know, do all these things. And I don't, I don't know. I, I just wish that there was some way that we could like completely separate that. Like you don't owe your current school anything more. You don't owe anybody. You don't even owe those students that are going to be in your class next year. You'll show up for them when it's time. But right now it's time for you to show up for you. And I just wish that there were like, Lauren, when you were doing your Googling, I wish that there was something that came up and it was like, oh, teacher summer vacation, self-care tips or something like that. That was like, like you said, like everything was about for someone else, like nothing was actually about you. And and I've tried to tell people before, if parents were overwhelmed by having their kids at home during the pandemic, what's going to happen when no one does this job anymore, when there are no teachers because they are treated so badly and because society looks down on us in a certain way and we don't make enough money and we're all working two jobs or we're trying to have a side hustle or we're up till midnight trying to make things to sell on Teachers Pay Teachers so we can pay our rent. Like, What's going to happen when eventually no one's going to do this? Absolutely. And I, you know, even as the pandemic happens, it was like, you know, schools want to move up the start of the school year. And you're like, but there goes my rest and my time to be a person. And I always come back to people who aren't teachers because I've never done anything else other than this. And I'm, I, I talk to friends like, you know, vacation, what happens when you do vacation? And some of them say, you know, I have work emails or people try and call me and they get upset. Like I'm on vacation. It's the same thing for us, but we just happen to have it. Everybody at the world knows that you're on vacation. So then it's like, oh, you're lazy because you're not responding to your emails or you're lazy for not planning all the time or things like that. And I just feel like we need to give people back bandwidth because like you we talked about last week, if you have the time to take care of who you are, then you're going to be more giving at the start of the year and less resentful. Because I always hate it when I'm like, I worked over summer and nothing happened. What Megan was saying about there's a larger problem with the education system, because this really is a passion-fueled job. We do this because we're passionate about education, because we care about the kids getting an equitable education. And the current state of the education system is making it really hard to justify keep continuing to do the job. And so they're driving out teachers who are excellent at what they do, but can't sustain their life with the workload, with the pay, with the expectations. It's just not reasonable. And it's going to cause a larger problem and there's already a teacher shortage. So I don't know at what point the last straw is going to fall and it's just going to be, you know, an all out mess. But I think we're getting closer and closer to that. And the lack of time back to be a person on summer is going to be a huge deterrent for people because then they would not have had the time to rest and recuperate and be able to continue to be those passionate people who continually give. It's like running your car on empty, right? It's just like a way to refill your your gas tank. If you're running low, you've got to refill and summertime is the time to refill your tank. Yeah. And going off of what Lindsay said, I actually said that to my principal, like what <laughs> they're doing a summer school at my school. And originally it was going to be like a six weeks, you know, didn't go over great with the teachers. And I'm not teaching it. Somebody else is going to do my grade, which is great. But I did say out loud at one of our meetings, like, what are the perks of this job then? If summer's been taken away and I'm just working all year long, I I don't get paid what other people with my degree level and experience level make. If I don't get that teacher schedule, right, where you get the, you know, the time off at Christmas time or spring break, a summer break, then what are the perks? Because truly, I, I don't see them. We're certainly not all in it for the money. 
And I kind of hate that people feel like you were saying like we were, you know, are lazy over the summertime because teachers get that time off. But I just don't understand what else is motivating people for this job. Like, sure, we love the kids. But at a certain point, like Lauren said, you've got to refill your tank and fill your own cup. And I just think if we take all those things away, there's just not going to be anyone left. It's a real problem. And I'm glad we're talking about it and giving a voice to it because if it exists out on the Seton Hall University article and it exists out on teach.com, then it is going to exist out in the rest of the universe. And teach.com, I apologize for throwing you under the bus, but at the same time, like talk to teachers about what's on your your articles because when I read this, I'm like, oh. Or contact us at realteaching101 at Gmail, and we will rewrite this article for you with actual self-care tips and things that are really helpful and useful for real teachers over the summertime. And speaking of that, we have our anti-PD section coming up next. So if teach.com ired you up like it did us, stay tuned and we'll give you something you can actually use over summer. Welcome to the Anti-PD section of Real Teaching 101. Our Anti-PD tips are the takeaways from this episode. What's worse than going to a PD that offers zero helpful tips for your everyday teacher life? Nothing. So here are three tips we'd like to give you to maximize your summer vacation. Tip number one, do the thing. What's the thing you absolutely want to do? Skydive, get a massage, write the great American novel, or turn off your alarm and sleep in. Plan a fun activity for yourself in the days immediately after school ends. Give yourself something to look forward to and reward yourself for a year of very hard work. Tip number two, and I know I said I do it, but stop lesson planning, especially at the beginning of summer. You spend a whole year working and the chances are you are not getting paid. We know it can feel good to dedicate time to think about all the things that could be great for the upcoming school year, but this is your vacation. You've earned the ability to detach from standards and objectives and just do what you want to do. Tip number three, use technology to your advantage. If you can, disconnect yourself and take your school email off your phone. I will scream this from the mountaintops. Take your school email off your phone or personal computer. Now, if that's not an option, set up an out-of-office reply for incoming messages and set a specific date and time to reply to those messages that need your attention. Most things can wait until the new year starts. You have earned your break. And there you have the Real Teaching 101 Anti-PD Tips. Before you leave us today, know that you're appreciated and we know you're doing everything you can. Let's stay in touch. Follow us on Instagram or Twitter at RealTeaching101 or email us at RealTeaching101 at gmail.com. Thanks for listening today and we'll see you next class.